This is an ABC podcast. ABC Radio Australia. This is Fresh Off the Field. The sporting spirit of the Pacific. Come to Māori and welcome to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific. My name is Bobby McCumber. My mother hailed from the islands of Abayang and Marake in Kiribati and my dad's Australian. Now, every week I'm joined by two other co-hosts from across the Pacific who are experts in sport and will share the latest local sports news on the ground and in the islands. My first co-host is one of the founding editors from the Island Sun newspaper in the Solomon Islands. Joining me from the studio in Adelaide, it's Priestley Habru. Hello, Priestley. Hello, Bobby. It's always good to be back co-hosting with you. Great to have you back in the studio. Uh, And my second co-host is a reporter for the ABC based in Tonga. It's Marian Kupu. Maloa lele, Marian. Maloa lele, Bobby. Hi there, uh, uh, Priestley. Hi, Marian. Great to have you back. Now, Priestley, you're actually heading to Tonga next month. What are you looking forward to most about that trip? Oh, I'm hoping to meet up with you, Marian, as well as some other media colleagues in Tonga. Ah, and Marian, someone who is visiting your homeland for the first time as well, uh, what do you recommend Priestley do in Tonga, other than meet you? Um, oh, yeah, other than meet me, we're going to definitely try our suckling buakatunu, which is our roasted... Uh, pork and also our Tongan gava. Wow, I'm looking forward to the pork. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to get there too because that all sounds delicious. Uh, Now, coming up on the show, Penina Pacifica have had their first hit out in the Super W practice match against the Queensland Reds. We will touch on that. Uh, Priestley and Marion will cover sports in both the Solomons and also in Tonga. We'll give you the latest sports gossip from around the Pacific, plus loads more, so make sure you stick around. Fresh off the field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific, ABC Radio Australia. Each week, my co-hosts and I will report on sports from across the Pacific. We're going to analyse, we're going to detail all of the best bits in sport. But of course, before we get to that, we like to have some fun. Coconut Wireless. Coconut Wireless is where we discuss sports gossip in your country. Now, did any of your athletes get left behind at the Pacific Games? Were there any any bits of gossip that you heard Auntie talking about at bingo? Look, it's not fact that it can't be backed up, but these are just rumours that are happening around sport in your country. Priestley, we're going to start with you. What have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in the Solomons? So in the Solomons, uh, our women's uh, football or the women's soccer team actually uh, was uh, playing against New Zealand in the final of the Oceanese uh, Women's Olympic Qualifier on the 16th of February. And although we, we know that we'll be, you know, we are not very strong against New Zealand, but at least we were in the final for the first time in our history. Uh, New Zealand managed to beat us 11 goals to nil, uh, to one, sorry. And New Zealand will be representing the Oceanese at the uh, Summer Olympics in uh in, in Paris, uh, France. But the rumours going around in Honiara is that because it is the first time for our women's soccer team to be in the final and to be with New Zealand beating other Pacific Island countries, uh, we are now uh, looking forward to do better in, in upcoming uh, competition, especially, you know, Papua New Guinea is one of the best teams in women's soccer in the region. And now that we have, I think we drew with them in that competition and then we also beat in Fiji. So we all are thinking of ourselves as one of the best women's soccer team in the region so far at the moment behind New Zealand. Yeah, Eileen Peggy, captain of the Solomon Islands football team. She'll be very proud. We've had her on the show. I think the whole Pacific were surprised uh, to see the Solomons finish up in the top two, but Solomon Islands, I mean, you would have been over the moon, of yes, course. Yes, so we were over the moon and, you know, we were really happy with their performance so far and we are looking forward to do well in in other regional competitions from now on onwards. Hopefully you can continue that confidence that you got uh, for playing in the final there against New Zealand. Uh, Only got the one goal but the one goal I heard was celebrated more than any other goal in that (laughs) match so uh, what else have you heard on the Coconut Wireless in the Solomons? Yeah so our um, national uh, futsal team uh, we had a a three-match series with the Futsalers which is the national uh, futsal team from Australia uh, we have uh, got this partnership called the Oz, uh, Pacific Oz Sports Partnership with Australia. 
where we have a series of uh, you know futsal competition between the two national teams and the Australian uh, futsal team actually came to the Solomons last week to come and play although uh, they are preparing for the uh, for qualifying uh, for to participate in the uh, uh, Asia Pacific uh, qualifiers for Australia and yeah no we know that uh, futsalers are more uh, you know they are better than our team, which we call the Kurukuru. Yeah. Uh, so although we lost the three-match series, uh, three-match series, but we are now looking forward to, uh, you know, be, become the best in the Pacific, as we used to do, until we lost to New Zealand in the uh, FIFA qualifiers for the uh, for the Futsal World Cup, which will be held in Uzbekistan later this year. But uh, um, the rumours is now that now that we compete with the best, you know, in the region like Australia, who is representing, uh, who is uh, from the Asia Confederation, um, we are looking at ourselves as preparing ourselves for the next uh, Oceania qualifiers will be, uh, and hopefully to, to to regain our place in the uh, FIFA uh, World Cup in 2028. Mm. It can always be a struggle when you come up against some of the best teams, but you, it can also be a really big learning curve, and hopefully uh, the Solomon Islands got that out of the le- most recent Yes, absolutely. We've uh, represented the Oceania for the, in the last uh, four World Cups until this year, which New Zealand, for the first time, will be representing Oceania. So we lost uh, that place, and we're, we're hoping to regain our place in the next uh, FIFA World Cup. Mm. Wonderful. Football, soccer, futsal, beach, yes, soccer. There's lots soccer. of soccer yes, going on absolutely. <laughs> throughout the Solomons. We know that. Uh, Marion, in Tonga, what have you heard on the Coconut Wireless? So basically I'll be talking about rugby because rugby is one of the biggest sports here in Tonga and of the Pacific. Um, with our Tonga Rugby Union, there is a reshuffle of uh uh, leadership roles within the, the the union and on and how it it operates. So there are current uh, position roles in the rugby union that are being sent out for expression of interest to be fulfilled by March, which is uh, tomorrow. But uh, I, th- I think next week that's when they will have their annual general meeting, and that's when roles will be announced. I'm talking about CEO, secretary, and I'm very, very interested in the coaching of our Ikalitahi team, which is also open for interest. And uh, the rumor has it that the applicant for coaching, for head coach for the Ikalitahi team, is more than 50 people. And we're talking about within the Pacific and the Oceania and even reaches out to, uh, to Europe. So we have had more than 50 people applying for the head coach for Arikale Tahi, uh, team for that, for, for the, this next, um, season. And within that more than 50 people, there are only two applicants that are of Tongan heritage. The rest are not Tongan. So that's uh, the rumor that we've been hearing from the Tonga Rugby Union. Um, it should be interesting to see who's going to fill up that role as head coach. Ah, that is interesting. It's it's not uncommon for um, head coaches to come in that may not be from that country themselves, uh, not just within the Pacific but across the world. Um, what are your thoughts, Marion, of a non-Tongan being the head coach? Well, um, as a sport woman myself, it, it, would it really matter um, of what um, in, indigenous they're from? What really matters to me is the development and the sustainability of the players, and just um, you know, you know, enhancing the skills and promoting rugby, you know, to be better um, and use our players because they have that skills, you know, and if they bring in a lot to the table, why not? Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that 100%. So 50 people have applied for the role of head coach of Ikalitahi, two with Tonga descent. I'm looking forward to hearing who gets that role in the end. Thank you very much for that. Uh, The gossip, Priestley and Marion. That was... Coconut Wireless. All right, time to get down to business. What is happening in sport across our islands? Priestley, we'll start with you. Uh, what are some of the local highlights that are happening in sport in the Solomons? So in the Solomons, uh, our um, Iron Lady, uh, Jane Lynn Winnie, who is our flag bearer, as you remember from uh, last Pacific Games in Honiara, 
She had uh, scooped a gold medal at the Oceania Weightlifting Championship, which was held in uh, New Zealand, uh, Auckland, New Zealand, uh, uh, just recently. Um, this will be her. This was her 11th uh, Oceania title, and I think it's most. It, it is the most in 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 terms of female uh, Pacific weightlifter to have taken that much uh, mm. medal in the region. So, yeah, she she took a gold medal in that competition. Uh, she participated with uh, a few other, because it was also a junior uh, weightlifting competition. So overall, uh, Solomon Islands uh, uh, weightlift, lift, weightlifting team, which was uh, led by Jen Lynn Winnie herself, they managed to uh, take two gold medals, two silver medals, and one bronze, bronze medal in this uh, 2024 Ocean Weightlifting Championship, which was held in Auckland, from, from February 21 to 25. So Jen Winnie, she's 40 years old now, still going strong, still going around and winning these competitions. How old was she when she started? So how, how long has she been competing at the highest level? Mm, I wouldn't remember, but I think she would have been in her 20s. And mm-hmm. uh, now that uh, she, she's in her 40s now, by the time the Pacific Games was hosted in Honiara. So, yeah, I think she's... Uh, uh, getting towards the end of her career now, and she's just participating in this regional uh, competition within the ocean, yeah, and still getting that medals. Yeah, well, if she's still got it, keep going, I guess. Uh, what else is happening in sport in the Solomons, Priestley? So Solomon Islands, uh, as we know, will be hosting uh, the second uh, OFC Women's Champions League. Uh, the first one was held in Port Mosby last year, and last year it was about five, uh, you know, a women's club in their respective countries. But this year we will have uh, eight uh, clubs that will be participating and it will be held in the uh, National Stadium in Honiara. Uh, so as we've said earlier, the women's soccer is coming up and this will soon be, you know, will be a boost for women's soccer in the country as well, hosting uh, other clubs from the region. So uh, in Group A, we will have uh, Avatiu FC from Cook Islands, Hekari United uh, from PNG, Henderson Hills, which is the local team in Honiara, Solomon and Tafia FC from uh, uh, Vanuatu. In Group B, uh, AS Academy, which is the f- uh, which is the winner last year from New Caledonia, and who will be looking to defend their title. We also have Auckland United FC uh, from New Zealand, Lambasa Women uh, FC from uh, Fiji, and Veitong FC from Tonga. So these are the uh, uh, champions, female uh, champions club that will be participating in Honda in a competition that will be held from March 10 to 23. <sighs> I'm hearing so many different competitions that are happening in that national stadium, which is fantastic to hear yes. after Pacific Games, just seeing those utilities, uh, the facilities uh, being utilised. Uh, how do you think the local Solomon Island teams are going to go in that competition? I think uh, they, they have come uh, you know, behind this uh, uh, representative Solomon against New Zealand. So a few of these players uh, are in the national team are from Henderson Hills, which is the local club. And I'm sure they will be, you know, that, that final with New Zealand is a boost for them going ahead in this competition. Yeah, wonderful. Uh, any other sports news that you've got from the Solomon Islands? Uh, yeah, so as I've said earlier, the Australian uh, national futsal team uh, uh, competed with Solomon Islands in a three-match series. So the, in the first uh, uh, series, they, uh, on the 21st of February, they won against Solomon Islands uh, narrowly 2-1. And in the second uh, uh, match, which was held on 23 February, Solomon Islands 2 and uh, National Team of Australia or the Futsal Rules uh, uh, scored six goals. And in the final match on the 25th of February, uh, Futsal Rules actually trust Solomon Islands uh, eight goals to two. Ah, wow. Some big scores there? Yeah, big scores there. But Ooh. I think uh, the main important thing there was that because of this uh, you know, sports diplomacy, their partnership, so you have the national, national football uh, players from Australia visiting the communities mm-hmm. and visiting you know, aspiring young players in the community, especially in the communities where our national football players come from. They are mostly from the settlements within Honiara. And you have you know, this... Uh, uh, national football players from Australia actually visiting the families, you know, gear, you know um, encouraging the young players. So it's it's a kind of a new thing for especially our young uh, uh, football players in the Solomons to look up to this, you know, national players from Australia, you know, overseas players coming to the country. And that sort of, you know, encourage them and they maybe look, look up to them and then... Uh, it helps to promote the sports within the country, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think mm-hmm. for all sporting teams, no matter what sport you are, if you are touring the Pacific or anywhere, uh, the, those community programs and getting out into the villages 
is such a huge part of of the tour. So it's wonderful to have those games there, but getting out to the communities, that's where it really hits home uh, at that grassroots level. So that's good to hear. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, do you have any more sports news locally for us? Uh, I think that's all that I have. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much for that, Priestley. Uh, Marion, what's been happening in sports around Tonga? Well, bringing out from the futsal and soccer from Solomon's, um, let me take you to the field events of athletics. I managed to talk to Siweni Filimone, the head coach for the Tongan athletic field team, and uh, he had a lot to say. So um, I just wanted to ask him, Siweni Filimone, uh, is also a teacher at one of Tonga's uh, boys or boys school, and uh, I caught up with him, and let's check out on how the preparation for the Olympic is going. Right now, we have one of our athletes going to Glasgow for the uh, World Indoor. Uh, his name Moses, and he's competing in uh, 60 meter headers. We we not find someone to represent us to the Olympic to Paris but uh, we figured out when the uh, our school uh, second preschool uh, competition uh, our committee gave us one seat for Paris uh, it's a hundred meter we, before they give two seats for us so men and female so right now is they give only one men, or men for hun- only hundred meter so, but your committee have to wait until the school sports in April, start in yeah, April, yeah. and then you're gonna find the, the top one. Yes, the top, the best, the best yeah, in hundred meter. Yes. So we give them the opportunity to represent us for. Yeah. Um, so far, how many? Uh, let's go back to the Solomon. How many athletes went to the Solomon? In my memory, right now, I think we have uh, fifteen athletes. Uh, some of them they're coming from overseas and some of them are local. Yeah. Uh, How well did they do? Uh, they doing their they doing their best in uh, except uh, Mama Ada Mama Tutafeva Shot Puta and Moses Foliaki the one they will be sent us to Cresco. This is our code medal from the last uh, no not the last uh, two thousand nineteen from Samoa. But uh, Moses come back here and have a some issue with the church because Moses says a moment they go represent the uh, missionaries or something like that. Mm. So Moses came back to us. Uh, we training with Moses in uh, f- four four months before we leave to Solomon. Mm. So Moses win a silver medal in, so in uh, Solomon and Atamama too. Uh, yeah, silver. We have two silver in Solomon, and some of them they take beat their best no best in Solomon. Uh, we have Oceania in June after our competition here in April. Our Oceania uh, hold in Fiji, yeah. So in in the first week of June. So hope uh, some of them are, uh, they represent us for to Fiji. In Australia. What's the record now for the hundred meters? The the record now in my memory, I think is uh, ten sixty nine or ten seventy nine. I think seventy nine. Yeah. Yeah, and you're looking for a better one. Yes. 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 And and so you're given one seat from the committee yeah. to represent uh, yeah. the athlete. Yes. Yeah. But do you think you'll find? One here in Tonga or overseas? Uh, we we already give the opportunity for the local uh, uh, athlete we have because some of the overseas they ha- I think they have many opportunities for them but but for us and our committee we all um, uh, we agree together to to choose the one the local. It must be good for them. Do you think you're going to find one here in Tonga? Yes. Right now, I think I saw some few people. Eh? Not only in my uh, uh, college I I work with, but I I had some few people in told me about some athlete. They I think maybe one day they yeah, star in the forever in April. Huh? What's the challenges for your work? They are so big challenge for us. 
because uh, most of the time every my my best athlete they move to the rugby because they you know they say they get some more money from rugby and some opportunity to go study and have a contract for overseas but uh, when they leave we are lucky we have some uh, we uh, replace them but not not what we focus on the best but we focus all of the fleet so we someday they go we have another athlete they move on and take the place uh, what are the other challenges that you face for like you guys give us today our preparation for uh, some money to to help us for our preparation and some of the athletes they need some money for their school fees and except the nutrition and some of our training kit for the training. There we have it. Thank you very much for that uh, interview there, Marianne. Good to hear all of the Pacific nations preparing for the Paris Olympics, which are coming up very soon. And still some of our athletes are waiting and hoping to qualify for those Olympics. So it's great to hear the ones that are going over there. Thank you, Marianne. Uh, let's hear a little bit about what's happening in sport across the Pacific now. Priestley, uh, the OFC Men's Championships League. Uh, what's happening there? Yeah, so a uh, few clubs from uh, the countries uh, within the region are uh, have already qualified for the uh, OFC Men's uh, Champions League, which, which will be held uh, in Tahiti in May. So a uh, few other teams, like in, in Vanuatu, we have the Ifura Black FC, who have qualified uh, uh, from Vanuatu after they defeated uh, Classic FC 3-2 on aggregate. So they have a two-match series within their two two top clubs in each country. So in Vanuatu, we had the Ifura Black uh, FC and the uh, champ- and the. Uh, Classic FC that uh, competed in a two-match series and eventually Ifira Black came up champions uh, and they will represent Vanuatu in that uh, OFC Men's Champions League in in uh, in, in Tahiti in May. Uh, AS Magneta is the club that rep- will be representing uh, New Caledonia and Hekari will be representing PNG and Solomon Juarez will be representing Solomon Islands after they won their respective competitions in their own respective countries. Wonderful to hear so many competitions that are happening all around for the different sports. Uh, do you know with uh, OFC uh, where a lot of that funding comes from, where Pacific Islands can actually go to places like Tahiti for these competitions? Is it a combination of locally-based support as well as uh, governing body support? Yeah, yeah. so it's a, um, a combination of both, but uh, FIFA is helping out a lot in, in terms of uh, funding all this competition. And just, recent, just recently this week, FIFA Plus also uh, signed an agreement with uh, OFC where all these uh, matches from within Oceania, uh, Oceania-sanctioned uh, matches are all streamlined. Uh, will be streamlined. So FIFA Plus actually signed that agreement with OEC in Auckland, New Zealand, just uh, middle of this week. So all of these matches that we are talking about that are happening in the ocean in terms of uh, football, they are all streamlined uh, online on whatever apps that you... It's, it's all free. So FIFA is helping out with lots of this uh, funding as well. You know, uh, if a, a club or a team qualifies from each of the country, they're actually helping out in, in funding those teams. And also... Uh, their own uh, fund, uh, funding uh, arrangement within their own countries. They also help out in terms of sending these players to participate or represent their clubs or countries in regional competitions. Mm. I mean, they are, I mean, FIFA, one of the, if not the biggest sport in the world. So they do have the money, but it's good to see when they are filtering that down into Pacific Island nations and places that probably the sport might not be as big or, you know, financially stable. Yeah. So that's great to hear as well. Uh, Marion. Penina Pacifica, full of some Tongans and Samoans. What have these girls been up to uh, when it comes to rugby? When it comes to rugby, you know, us uh, Islanders, we're always proud. But then when it comes to women's rugby, you know, you have that extra biased feelings of, of pride. Um, having combined, uh, like you said, Penina Pacifica of Samoan and, and Tongan players that uh, debuted uh, the team. Um, um, this this week, um, having their first match against uh, the the Queensland Reds, which was uh, I, I think it was a close score, uh, Bobby I should say, um, having seventeen for Queensland and seven for Benina Pacifica. Now this initiative, um, of course, were, we all give thanks and uh, acknowledge the government of of Australia, um, you know, for having this initiative to to support. Um, women in rugby. 
Um, so overall, there's 29 women um, in, in this team uh, from Samoa and Tonga, and uh, 13 of them are Tongans. And six within that 13 uh, locals here from Tonga. So th that's a great um, uh, uh, initiative and also um, skill that um, an opportunity that the Benina Pacifica has given the local Tongan players and also Tongan in general. Um, not only that, but I'm also um, inclusive of the Samoans. If you notice, Benina, that there's no oxygen in this mix like how the Moanas are. Um, that's because the, the the Fijian women team, the Fijiana Drua, has been championship for the past two years. So, um, you know, it would be great to have some Fijian the Benina Pacifica, but um, I think the Tongan and Samoan needs to upgrade their game to be in that level uh, with the Fijiana Drua here in the Pacific with the rugby women. Yeah, I, I was keeping track of this because I was very excited when I did hear Penina Pacifica team coming out. And they've got a few uh, practice matches happening before the Super W season with the hope to perhaps enter the Super W either next year or the year after. So uh, they did very well. Like you said, they lost 17-7, but at halftime they were actually up 7-5. And what awesome opportunities for these local Tongan and Samoan girls to be able to compete against these Super W teams. It's awesome. Like you said, the Fijiana Drua have been dominant the last couple of years representing the Pacific and now we've got even more Pacifica women out there representing. So really good news. Love reporting on these kind of stories and hopefully they'll do well in their next game. Uh, they're going to be tackling the New South Wales Waratahs and then the ACT Brumbies over the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, I mean, if they got to win... That would be such a bonus. Just the fact that they're out there and they they can be competitive uh, is great to see, isn't it, Marion? If the timetable is right, I think uh, the Beninas will be facing the Brumbies um, this Saturday and then they have uh, the Rautas on, on the 9th of March. So, you know, with the outcome of, um, of, the, of the last match or last and first match, 17-7, I think that's... Um, you know, it, that's a. I can say this is a promising score, given that they have two more. So I'm looking forward to the girls performing uh, much better um, on Saturday. Absolutely, let's get a Panina Pacifica win. Wouldn't that be great? Uh, Priestley, we've spoken about FIFA. It's all around the Pacific, all around the world. It's huge. Uh, the FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup. What's happening there? Yeah, so Tahiti represented the Oceania in that uh, uh, FIFA Beach Soccer World Cup, which was held in. Uh, uh, Dubai just uh, this month and uh, they actually bowed out in the uh, quarterfinal uh, uh, by Italy. Uh, they were beaten 5-2. Um, Tahiti or French Polynesia, Polynesia as we know have been dominated, uh, dominating the sports in the region although uh, Solomon Islands uh, represented uh, Ocean a few times until Tahiti took over and Tahiti actually did well in the past uh, uh, Beach Soccer World Cup uh, actually losing in the finals uh, grand final twice uh, they came in the final in 2015 and 2017 so they are a bit they are a team to beat in in the in in, in the world in terms of uh, beach soccer and they actually lost out in the uh, quarterfinal uh, to uh, uh, Italy by 5-2 Italy eventually uh, went to the final but lost to Brazil in the grand final and the Brazil's uh, uh, title would have taken them to I think five title now in, in, in terms of beach soccer world cup so ah. Tahiti did well, but uh, just so, uh, fallen short of reaching the, uh, you know, the semi-final and final, as they have done in 2015 and 17, where they mm. actually uh, been in the final and lost out in the final. Great for them to get into the finals both times, and then making it to the semi-final after that as well. Yes, just. One more step, got to get there. But Brazil, I mean, they're dominant in oh, all yes. formats yes. of soccer and football around the world, aren't they? Absolutely. Uh, Marion, uh, we spoke about uh, the coach or the possible coach of Ikali Tahi, but let's talk about the junior Ikali Tahi. What are they up to? Well, the junior Ikalitahi or the under-20 uh, team, they're currently in New Zealand. Um, this is just like a, tet a test match, which also gives them confidence and a taste of the actual real world. And there's no better place um, to expose them but in New, in New Zealand. So they had their first match against Fiji. 
and they lost uh, 25 to a 39. Um, with the looks of it, um, I think that score is uh, pretty okay, given that this is their first exposed uh, match to these uh, players and having to go against Fiji. Their upcoming match will be soon, uh, this Saturday also, against Samoa. So we're looking at great stuff and great outcome from, from this, uh, this Saturday's match. How are, how are you expecting Galitahi Junior guys to go against Samoa? I know you, I'm sure you want them to win, but how do you think they'll go? Well, I, I look at this team and the way they prepared because um, one of my nephew, who I'm looking after, <laughs> is in the team. So I would visit them um, at where they were camping at and uh, training at before they left. Um, and mind you, when you think about camping, you don't, you're, you're thinking about it you know, living in, in hotels or dorms. These kids are actually camping in church halls, you know, having the hall open and sleeping on the floor, sharing bathrooms, excuse me for that, and everything and, and even the diet, you know, it's offered or donated by the families and whatever means they have and that's the preparation they are. So with with them preparing to be out there in the weird world, I think it gives them um, more uh, a pride and for them to work harder because they are actually training from scratch here in Tonga before coming out there to face the more fortunate teams in, in New Zealand. Mm. What is your nephew's name that's playing in the junior Ikalitahi? Uh, Simote Leone. Hey, Simote Leone. <laughs> Shout out from Auntie. Good luck uh, and hopefully you can get the win against Samoa. Uh, thanks for that, Marion. Uh, Priestley, we'll finish off with this one the Fiji Rugby Sevens. Yes, Fiji Rugby Sevens, as we know, um, have been uh, the gold medal winners in the 2016 Olympics when they introduced uh, Rugby Sevens in the Olympics. And they have been uh, participating in all these uh, uh, Rugby Sevens which are organised around the world, the HSBS Seven. And they've just participated in the Vancouver Sevens over the weekend. And however, they lost uh, 19-21 to New Zealand in the Cup quarterfinals. And now they are looking forward to participate again in this coming weekend in the LA Sevens. Now there's concern in Fiji that as they prepare, or as they look forward to the Paris uh, Summer Olympics, uh, Fiji is not really doing well in this competition as they you know, look to uh regain their status as, as gold medal winners of the uh, rugby sevens in the Olympics. So there's been talk of, you know, trying to replace the coach at the moment. Ben Golding, who is used to play for uh, uh, England sevens rugby team, sevens rugby team is the national coach, and there's a lot of uh, rumours, so even there's a lot of uh, discussion in Fiji about replacing the coach and, uh, with the local uh, uh, Fijian courts. Yeah, right. Uh, and then once we have, again, you know, international coaches that are from different countries coming in and coaching yes. the team. It's interesting, isn't it? So Fiji uh, Rugby Sevens are the former gold medalists of yes. the last Olympics. In between now and then, not so good, but I tell you, if they got a gold medal at Absolutely. this Paris Olympics, I think he's going to yeah. be safe. I think it's due to the password of the game and that's the national sport in Fiji as well. So, mm. yeah, even if they lost, uh, they... You know, they really wanted their team. They look up to this place to uh, represent Fiji. And, you know, when I was in Fiji during my university days, whenever they won in Hong Kong Sevens or that kind of thing, there's always be public holiday in Fiji. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) How good is that? Get a win, get a day off. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) You know the sport is taking over the country when you get a public holiday. Uh, As always, it's nice to hear about sport that's happening across our islands. So thank you for that, Priestley and Marion. ABC Radio Australia. Feel the power of Pacific Sports. Uh, My next guest is preparing for his second Olympic Games, representing Samoa in sailing. I spoke to 30-year-old Eroni Tuilelua about how he was first introduced to sailing. Um, So growing up in Samoa, um, as as typical kids, we tried out all the different sports available. Um, In Samoa, there was kind of a limited number of sports that, that were on offer and um, sailing um, made it onto the list after trying out other sports um, and mum actually had a background in sailing from my granddad um, doing it you know quite quite a lot when um, she was growing up so um, she dragged us down to the, the yacht club and we went and checked it out um, not knowing much about the sport at all um, but quickly learned that um, that it was a pretty cool sport and, and offered something unique to, to a kid 
of eight years of, um, eight years of um, age. And that was the ability to kind of be able to drive and be responsible pretty much for your own vehicle um, without um, any parent um, getting in the way of, of telling you where to go or how fast to go. So um, being able to go out onto a boat and, um, I guess, just sail freely and, and be on your own and, and do what you want was, was quite a cool aspect um, of it. And um, at the sailing club, they offered kind of two pathways for you. They offered the, the social sailing part, which is, you know, just getting out and, and, and out on the water. And then they offered the um, competitive part, which being got into a bit of racing and stuff. And um, being a competitive person, um, as soon as we, we got a taste of the racing, um, it was just the beginning of, of what was to come. And um, there were then competitions that kind of led on from there, which um, we were able to trial and, and, and try and be part of. Um, and, yeah, fortunate enough to, to, to make those teams and um, kind of start the, the journey of representing Samoa on the international scene. We've had one of your teammates, Vaima Oya Ripley, on the show, and she mentioned that she started sailing at the age of eight as well. Is is yeah. it safe from eight years old onwards, below eight? Is that not safe or is that just a coincidence that you both started at the same age? No, I think it's it's quite a common age because, I mean, I guess from, from eight onwards, you're, you're I, I don't know, you're probably independent enough that you can look after yourself, you know, the dangers of, of, of being on the water and stuff, and um, you're just aware of your surroundings. Um, just a coincidence, I guess, that we're both um, at the age of eight. Um, we were lucky that where we sail in Samoa, it's, it's, it's quite a safe area because you're sailing in a lagoon, so you're actually protected by the reef. Um, so there's no chance of you sailing away as such, but um, and it's relatively shallow as well. Like if you did capsize or, or tip out, it's not it's not you know super deep waters. So um, yeah, I guess given the scene, well, the the environment we're in, it was it was pretty safe at the time. Mm. Now it's an expensive sport uh, to be involved in, particularly if you're self funding to get to the Olympics. What yeah. keeps you motivated? Um. Our family, family is a big thing for me. Um, I've had a lot of support from family um, right from the very beginning, um, like the parents as well. You know, we we were fortunate in Samoa that um, it's a different setup in sailing in Samoa, and that you pay for a, um, a, I guess you join the club and then you get um, access to all the club facilities and equipment, including the boats. Um, but when you move to New Zealand or, or any other country, um, you've actually got to sign up for your club, pay for that, and then also buy your own boat. Um, and that, that part there is, is one of the biggest barriers for people entering the sport or even just trying the sport. So we were fortunate enough to, to have that set up in Samoa, but moving to New Zealand, um, my parents had to make a big decision on whether we carried on with the sport now that the, um, the cost went, you know, through the roof. And considering there were four of us, um, it was, you know, it was a large, um, I guess, financial commitment to, to make. But yeah, they backed us. They knew that we were really passionate about the sport. And um, and from there, they, they never questioned that. We travelled all around the country um, competing at regional events. And um, and I guess from that sacrifice and that um, support that they, they showed from the beginning, I, I, you know, every result that I get or every competition that I go to, I've always got them in mind because, you know, they've, they've made a huge commitment for for me to be able to do what I do um, and, and and something I love. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's hugely about them and making them proud and showing them that it was all worth it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. How does it feel to make history as the first Samoan to qualify for the Olympics for the second time in sailing? Yeah, oh, it's, it's, it's very humbling. Um, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I'm just honoured to, to, to have that opportunity and, um, and that, that's been set up from, you know, people before me and, and including people in Samoa who are, who are driving the sport of sailing. So, yeah, I'm hugely honoured. Um, you know, I wish I wish there were more of us and there, there was, you know, a bigger contingent from the Pacific because because of our heritage and, you know, our um, history and, and our ancestors and voyaging and whatnot. Um, it seems seems ironic that, oh, that you know, I'm, I'm the first and that I've got friends who are the first for the Cook Islands as well. So, you know, we... There's a sport that, that is heavily ingrained in our in our history, um, but yet there's the, the financial hurdle that you've got to overcome to do it. So the goal is to try and minimise that gap and, and and get more more from the Pacific and from Samoa, um, you know, competing at the games. This being your second Pacific, or not Pacific Games, sorry, Olympic Games that you're going to be competing in, is there anything that you can take from your first experience that you'll bring into this next experience in Paris? 
Yeah, definitely. Um, probably not being so overwhelmed. Yeah. I think that was probably the biggest thing is um, kind of really um, having that moment sink in that you're, that you're at the Olympics and that, you know, you're, you're surrounded by, you know, the top athletes around the world. Um, getting that, getting over that is, is probably um, takes a couple of days. Um, and then just, I guess, believing that you're, you're supposed to be there and that, you know, you've, you've earned your spot. Uh, I think, you know, the last games was an interesting one with it being postponed a year and we had, you know, COVID about and everyone was in isolation and we had, um, limited access to, to, to certain things, including, you know, the outside public and stuff. So it was very, it was a very different games to what anyone was used to. Um, so in saying that, that, that I was overwhelmed, it's probably going to be more overwhelming. Or, or on a different different level this time around because we're actually going to have people people around us. Um, it was all kind of indoors and closed closed off to the world um, when we last competed. So getting over that fact is probably the biggest um, biggest part because then I can get into what I need to do um, and knowing what what is expected and, and what that level will be like. Um, it's not going in blind like I was before. The Pacific Games just finished last year in November in Honiara. Uh, you were there. What was that experience like for you? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was. Um, I love love the Pacific Games. It brings out brings a different um, a different um, I guess environment to, to most um, you know regional competitions like 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 that. Um, the Pacific, I think, there's, there's a lot of culture. There's a lot of a lot of music. A lot of singing. Uh, a lot of humour, laughter. It's it's a very vibrant place, and um, you know you're there for the sport, and you know you want to do um, the country proud, but you're also there to, to to reconnect with a lot of people who you've probably been competing against from a very young age, um, and and to do it in the Solomons was was very cool, I and mean, it's a very special place, and uh, first time I've been there, and um, yeah, I yeah highly rated it. It's a they're a cool cool lot of people, um, and to be able to kind of share. Um, that experience with some of the, the younger sailors as well was was awesome. Um, we had a few younger sailors in the team, which um, we were able to kind of share the knowledge of and experience of what you know we've we've faced before, not just in the Pacific Games, but in other competitions, and try and pass that on to to bring the next level up. So, nah, awesome! It was an awesome competition. Speaking of passing on knowledge, uh, you are a father now. How has fatherhood uh, changed you and your perspective? Yeah, um, so fatherhood. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been, it's been a challenge, you could say, in terms of trying to balance everything um, with work and, and sailing. But it's been awesome. Um, I've loved every minute of it. Um, as as you're probably aware, there's, they're, they're constantly changing, um, and you know, every every week, every month goes by. There's, there's a new skill learned or or a new habit picked up. So um, yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome. And, and another, um, you know. Uh, addition to, to motivating me to get out there and to, to really make not just the country proud but my family and, and my daughter proud now as well so yeah it's been pretty special uh, and finally so leading into the Paris Olympics 2024 what do you have in preparation leading into those Olympics yeah so one of the biggest lessons I learned from the last games and from you know recently competing in the leaders the need to to lead in with a few big competitions um, before the games just to really um, get up to speed with that level of competition, but also um, be familiar with this the, that surrounding environment. Um, and I've never sailed in France before, so it's quite important for me to get over to France and just to get familiar with um, the weather patterns and whatnot that that happen over there, which tends to vary in the different locations we sail in. So um, the plan is to try and get over to France in April. Um, there's, a, there's a big regatta over there, which happens annually and will probably be even bigger this year now that the Olympics is in France as well. Um, we'll do two weeks there and then we'll try and do a one or two week block just before the, the Olympics start um, again, just to get familiar with the conditions and um, yeah, acclimatize and, and all the rest of it. So yeah, not cheap. Um, unfortunately, mm. um, you know, I would love to do more competitions because there are more um, in between those two that I've just mentioned, but um, it just comes back down to funding and what, what what's affordable. And um, at this stage, those are the those are the, the two camps that are more realistic in my budget at the moment. <laughs> Fair enough. When when you mentioned conditions and they're different in different countries, what have you heard about the conditions in France? And have you competed anywhere with similar conditions? Yeah. So France, um, the south of France, is quite well known for the Mistral, which is um, 
which is quite a strong um quite a strong wind um which is good um i, I enjoy the strong winds but they, um and it can also offer some pretty shifty and light conditions as well so you, you we got, i think we're going to get a bit of a mixed bag um which, which is just a classic story in sailing you get you generally get um mixed bag of everything um which is good because it, it, it you know tests all levels um of ability um and not, not just the people who do well in heavy winds or the people who do light winds dominate it's a it's a, a you know an all-rounded um regatta um so we're trying to we're, we're preparing for anything at this stage um it'll be a good insight to get over to france in um april just to see what that is like because i've gone you know heard through the great plan i haven't actually experienced it myself so um, to see it firsthand and to experience it will be good. Um, and then we can kind of adjust certain things we needed um, in the final preparations for the games. It only sounds like you've got a lot coming up leading into it. Very exciting to be competing in your second Olympic Games and you are doing the entire Pacific region. Very proud, not just Samoa. So congratulations on what you've achieved and good luck for the uh, Olympic Games. Yeah, thank you. I uh, really appreciate the support. and Thanks for having me on here. That was Irone Tuilelua, Samoan sailor, sharing some of his personal experiences as he sets his sights on the Paris Olympics in France this year. Uh, this is happening this July. Uh, wonderful to hear about how much influence family has had on his career. And now, of course, the addition of his daughter inspiring him to do bigger and better things. We wish him all the best at the Paris Olympic Games. Uh, like he said earlier, good to hear so many different Pacific Islanders from different sports doing what they can to get to the Olympics. And, and doing our whole region very proud. So lovely to talk to Edoni there. Uh, all right, now, before we finish up, it's time to get to know my co-hosts and I just a little bit more. It's time for our next segment. Giaman Stubware is talk pissing for Pick the Lie. Each co-host will tell us three things about themselves, two will be true and one will be a lie, and the other two co-hosts will try to Giaman Stubware. Priestley, you've done this a few times now. You're getting very good at sucking me in. Uh, here we go. I want to hear three things, two true, one lie, and Marion and I will see if we can Giaman Stubware. Priestley, off you go. Thanks. Everything sports. Yes. First thing. I used to represent my high school in the 4 by 400 meter relay team. Mm-hmm. 4 by 400 meter relay, relay team? Yep. Okay. I also used to represent my high school in the long jump field event. Long jump field event, yes, okay. And I also used to represent my high school in the under-17 soccer competition. Ah, Okay. Under-17 soccer competition as well. All right, so these are the three. So you've yep. represented your high school in the 4x400-metre team, long jump, and under-17 soccer. Uh, Marion, what are your thoughts? What do you think the lie is here? Um, you know, he's always doing the hard ones here mm. because everything is relatable to, uh, to him. <laughs> and I think the 4x4 relay team. You think that's the lie. Okay. I have the I think ad- that's the lie. I have the advantage uh, of sitting opposite Priestley, so I am gonna judge you on your physique and what I think what um <laughs> what are they called? <laughs> Events yeah. that you'll be good at. Okay, so four by four hundred, I think you're quick. I think you could be quick. Uh soccer, yeah, I think you could be pretty good at that. I'm going to question long jump because you're not very tall and I don't think those legs can jump very long at all. But you could, you could, you know, be a really big jumper and I could be completely wrong. Uh, Priestley, what yeah, is the Bobby, lie? Bobby, you got me. Um, Marianne, how dare you? I, 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 I used to run fast, I you know. You. I'm a very good 400-meter runner. <laughs> yeah, so the lie was I was not a, you know, a long jumper. A long jumper. Yeah. But I used to uh, run as well as play in the local uh, in my high school soccer team. Okay, so you're very fast, very yes. fast, yes. Uh, just short steps. <laughs> uh, thank you for that, Priestley. Marion, all right, it is your turn. Uh, we can't see you, so none of us have an advantage here. Uh, what are three things about you, please? I, I should have used the sports, but um, I've got something already in line. Next time I'll use sports because I'll take the advantage of not seeing you um, <laughs> in, in real life. Well, my first one is um, 
I'm twenty. I'm forty two years old, and I'm going to be a grandmother this year. Wow. The second one is I have not been on uh, headline at BBC News, and you, the you third have- one is. I have been uh, to all the six major islands of Tonga, which is uh, Tonga, Ewa, Vava'u, Hapai, and the two Niwas. Okay. So, which one is the lie? Okay, I, I just got to, with that second one, sorry, did you say you have not been in the headlines of the BBC? Yes, I have not been headlined on BBC News. Okay, that's an odd one. Uh, okay, so these three. So you're 42 years old and you're going to be a grandmother this year. Wowee. Um, and you've not been in the headlines on BBC News and you've been to six major islands of Tonga, the six major. Mm. Uh, Priestley, what is the lie? Hmm. <laughs> um, I think the, the lie is, I'm guessing, is the last one because you're from Tonga, but I don't think you have been, you have not been, Oh, no, no, I think I'm... <laughs> I think you're thinking too much. <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, the last one, I'm just guessing, but yeah. I don't think you've been to all the... Which is, I think it's true, but I don't think you've been to all the six major islands. Okay, so he's going to lock in the last one. He doesn't think that that's true. Um, 42 years old and you're going to be a grandmother this year. I think I'm going to go with that one. What is the lie, Marion? You're both wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So you have. So been. yes, I'm going to be a grandmother this year, mm-hmm. and um, yes, I have travelled through all the islands here in Tonga. The two furthest one is closer to Samoa, and it's very hard to get there. However, I got there, mm-hmm. and uh, the lie was yes, I have been on BBC News. You have, <laughs> I, you know, I thought that was an odd yes, one. I, I, headline. Mm-hmm. Damn it. What, what was the headline? That's because of Hunga Tonga Hunga Hapai. Oh. And I've been there for a couple of times, like, um, you know, when it came out. So of course. I knew it would be a hard one for you guys. It was, <laughs> and you got us well done. All right, I've got mine. See if any of you can get this one. So these, these are foods that I have eaten. I have eaten crocodile. I have eaten palolo, which is the coral worms in Samoa. It's, it, supposedly the caviar of the South Pacific, and they only appear for a few days every year. Um, I all know this because I lived in Samoa. Or chicken's feet. So what of those foods is the lie? I've eaten crocodile, palolo, and chicken's feet. Priestley, what's the lie? You think I've eaten <laughs> crocodile? One. I, I, I think you haven't, you haven't eaten chicken's feet. Okay. So you think I've eaten crocodile yeah, and palolo? Yeah, I've eaten crocodile and palolo, yeah. Um, and Marion, what do you think? I think crocodile. You think crocodile? Well, I have eaten crocodile here in Australia. Mm. I have also eaten chicken's feet. Palolo, I was in Samoa, but that's the one thing that I didn't eat. So there Uh. we go. I win that round. Congratulations to me. But that was a bit of fun. Thank you both. Uh, That does bring us to the end of the show for this week. A big thank you to my co-host, Priestley Habru, founding editor from the Island Sun newspaper in the Solomon Islands. Thank you, Priestley. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you, Marian. You bought one against me, so I'll make sure that I won again. I will, I will win next, next time. And Kupul, reporter for the ABC and also the BBC, apparently, based in Tonga. Uh, thank you, Marion. Thank you very much, uh, Bobby. And also, it's always great to be on the show with you and uh, Prisley. Wonderful. And a big thank you to Adam Jones for stepping into the producer role for this week. Thanks, Jonesy. Uh, Thank you for listening to Fresh Off the Field, the sporting pulse of the Pacific on ABC Radio Australia. I'll be back next week with two new co-hosts from across the Pacific and we'll be talking all things sport in our region. This episode was produced on the lands of the Ghana people.